This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside the one, the only, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing today? Wow, big welcome. Thanks, Jared. I'm doing good. How about you? I am not doing too bad, and you're very welcome. I just wanted to properly introduce you, because I feel like I don't do it enough. I, I do it with Brock all the time, and I feel like I need to really pump your name out there. So, Nate Green. I'm excited to talk Little Angels baseball. You ready to talk Little Angels baseball? Of course. Awesome. Guys, we have an extremely fun show planned today for all of y'all. And I'm, I don't know why I just went a little country there for you guys, but went a little country there, changing it up. But fun show planned for you guys. And just want to say thank you so much for everybody who listens to this podcast. Thank you for giving us all the support that you've given us, whether it's on social media or just listening to this. I know that I believe Derek has just secured one of our first sponsors for the show and we're super excited about that so I don't know any details of what what the heck that is going on but I'm super excited for that also guys please if you like the show go on and give us a five-star review subscribe to this wherever you listen to us and always tell a friend please 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 that's how we spread word of mouth tell a friend that you like this angels podcast and that your friend should listen to this podcast because we're a pretty dang good podcast and also one other thing I kind of want to sidebar here noticed a lot of listeners we were actually the best podcast according to some podcast ranking in new zealand so if you listen to this podcast in new zealand first off tip the cap to you second off i want to get you on the show and talk a little little bit of baseball and see what baseball's like in new zealand because i know I, new zealand baseball's pretty decent right nate have you ever heard of yeah. baseball in new zealand yeah i was gonna say there's some actual major leaguers that have come out of new zealand if i'm not mistaken so if you listen to our angels had one guy yeah, if you listen to our show here and you're from New Zealand, you know, shoot me a message, shoot, send us an email, and I'd love to get you on the show and talk a little bit of uh, Angels baseball or just baseball in general, see what, see what baseball's like in New Zealand. So, guys, of course, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on any social medias, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Please go follow us there. Just look, look us up at Talking Halos. We're everywhere. And, of course, guys, if you have any questions, topic ideas, or just want to join us for a Talking Fans segment. Guys, we do not have very many more Talking Fans segments available. Spring training starts soon, so if you want to jump on real quick, talk a little bit Angels Baseball, please message myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. Of course, always message Brock at BDROX8. And you can always email us at TalkingHalos at 
gmail.com. And of course, feel free to send us a message on any social medias. Guys, finally, before we get going, real quick, we had to pay the bills. So listen to what I have to say about Hustle. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to talking halos. All right, guys, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk a little bit of Angels baseball. And Nate, this week the Angels have made some moves, haven't they? Yes. I know we're air quoting moves, minor league deals and a little trade, but there's still moves to talk about. That's what keeps this show rolling is the Angels making moves. Angels signed Juan Ligaris, former Met, really good defender, to a minor league deal, and also Phil, the goose is loose, Phil Goslin as a utility man, both to minor league deals. And of course, they made a trade. They acquired Aaron Sledgers, I believe is how you pronounce it. For a player to be named later or cash consideration from the Rays, Nate, is there anybody in particular you want to talk about first? Uh, Juan Lagares, actually. I think he uh, kind of he kind of goes really well with what we talked about last time. I know we talked about getting a minor league deal or a uh, an outfielder on a short deal, and I think I brought up Kevin Pillar, and I think Lagares uh, complements Kevin Pillar pretty pretty well. Like they they pretty they comp out pretty well. Yeah, I agree. That was the first thing I thought of was like, you know, a nice outfielder with decent defensive skills that can, you know, maybe take over if an Angels outfielder gets hurt or if they don't think that Adele or Marsh are quite ready yet. You know, somebody like that. And I think Lagaris does kind of fit that mold where, I mean, yes, you can put Walsh or Ward or Fletcher in the outfield, but having that little bit of extra depth is not a bad thing. There's a chance that Lagaris may not make it out of spring training, of course. But there's always that chance that they just stick him in Salt Lake and hope that he produces to some capacity. And he is getting a little bit old, a little bit older. I think that the you know the quick first step has kind of gone away from him. But he's still a very smart and savvy defender out there. So, do you want to yeah. talk about the Gooses loose or uh, Aaron Sledgers in a bit or anything like that? Uh, Sledgers could be a very good pickup. I mean, big guy. Another his his numbers make no sense. Actually, you expect big guy to throw hard. Doesn't throw hard, so you would expect uh, his batting average. Doesn't spin either, huh? Doesn't spin the ball either, which is weird. No, again, another weird thing. And then, so because he doesn't strike many people out or doesn't throw hard, you would expect him to have a lot of uh, hits against him. His batting average against is pretty low. And then again, you would expect strikeouts with batting average being low, and he doesn't even get that. So, but 
very, very uh, Angels move the way this offseason has gone. Another ground ball guy who can uh, hopefully get them out of some jams. So it, it it's, fits the bullpen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think I mentioned this to somebody who messaged. Uh, he might have. I think he added me on Twitter or something like that. And it was, um, you know, another ground ball pitcher. And I was like, yeah, this is. This is, is exactly what the Angels have been doing this entire offseason is going out and getting guys who can make ground balls happen. Alex Cobb, Jose Quintana, just to name a few of those guys. They're going to be able to get you ground balls. And the whole infield, I mean, very good defensively. But I think that's something that the Angels really didn't prioritize over the past couple years is really pitching to their strengths, which is on their defense. And I, I feel like they had a lot more fly ball pitchers in a sense as yeah. well. It, it yeah, definitely feels like throwers. it. Yeah, a lot hard... of hard throwers, big strikeout guys, big fly ball guys, and it's like, eh, let's be honest. Upton, he's okay defensively. Trout, he plays pretty good defense, and then Calhoun actually was playing good defense, and then they got rid of him. So right field has kind of been whatever. But yeah, their their outfield defense has not been nearly as good as their infield defense has been lately. Yeah, and that. Really, like, that's the one big negative that I would have to say about all the situations that went on was why aren't you playing to your strengths? You created this really good infield of Rendon, Simmons, Fletcher, and whoever you have at first base. Play to it. Let them hit grounders, you know? And I think that's one really good thing that the Angels have capitalized on this offseason is going out and finding your strengths and pitching to your strengths. So I think that that is a a plus-plus thing that, you know, that has really come out of this. And it wouldn't surprise me if it really helped the Angels and helped Alex Cobb in some capacity and helped Jose Quintana stay as good pitchers. And the Angels have some some pretty decent depth at that spot now. So, yeah, any, uh, I guess, final thoughts on these three signings and tra- or two signings in a trade that the Angels made? Um, no, Gosselin could be a good good uh, utility bench guy just in case. Um you know, somebody's not quite ready or there's an injury. So it's always good to have depth. And I, I think they're, all of these moves are depth moves. And that's something the Angels have really lacked lately is a lot of depth, especially in the pitching um, and in the infield. I mean, we've had to had to call up Frank Gifo probably a little early because of the depth in the infield. So don't really mind it. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to a Phillies fan. He says, he said, in quote, Phil, the goose is loose, Goslin." Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Goose Goss, Gosselin. Yep. Goose, if a goose yep. is loose. Yep. Can I get a courtesy laugh? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, on to our next order of business. Sorry, I wanted to get a little... I like the goose is loose. Kind of a good one. So, on to our next order of business, and that is some of the news that's been coming out lately, and I'm, I'm hoping that this podcast comes out on Friday, and you know, no moves have happened before that or on Friday where this still qualifies, but a little bit of, you know, Trevor Rosenthal and Roberto Azuna news coming out that the Angels, I guess, are in a sense finalists, and I air quote that for Trevor Rosenthal, or they're in the market for Trevor Rosenthal. I don't know if they're finalists yet, but there are a couple other teams in it. And also, there was an article that came out from somebody in Mexico saying that the Angels were really close to signing Roberto Azuna. So first, let's start with Trevor Rosenthal. What do we think about that? I've been huge on Trevor Rosenthal all offseason. I think um, I've also been huge on making the bullpen elite. I think it's it's good. There's a lot of question marks, but I think getting a guy like Rosenthal to really 
lengthen up that bullpen and allow some of these guys to pitch maybe a little bit earlier in the game or in better spots than just, hey, you got to get three outs in the eighth inning. Um, so I would love a Trevor Rosenthal signing. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that one. I, I like Rosenthal. The only worry for me is why, I mean, he probably wants to be a closer, I would assume, to some capacity. So, and the Angels have Rasael Iglesias. Now, I'm all for getting Rosenthal, but I don't know if Rosenthal really wants to come to Anaheim and not be a closer, you know? like, Or do you go closer by committee? Or do you just have to pay him closer money and have him as a setup guy? That would be the only other alternative that might get him here, is if you pay him closer money and say, hey, Iglesias has got one year, we're signing you to a multi-year deal, you're probably going to be the guy next year. Yeah, I, I kind of like that, Think coming coming into it, thinking that Rosenthal is the guy next year as well. So I'm, I'm totally for like a two to three year deal, and knowing that you know you have Trevor Rosenthal for next year coming into it, and you don't have to go out and get another uh, another big bullpen piece like that. So I, I'm all for that, you know, in a sense, going out and getting Rosenthal if the money's right, you know. And it really deepens, deepens the bullpen up a lot too. I think that that's one of those pieces where you look at it late in the season and it's like, damn, I'm really glad the Angels have Trevor Rosenthal here. You know, so I, I, I'm all for that. Go get another really good reliever and make the bullpen even better. And again, that's the same thing you can do with Roberto Azuna. Of course, there are some strings attached, unfortunately, with Ozuna. And there has been reports that, you know, on some sides, on the Angels side of things, where they said, hell no way, in God's green earth, we're signing Ozuna. But, you know, it brings the, up the question, and it's a tough question, it really is, why not go get Ozuna? You know, like, yes, he does have that history, but he served his time for it, and I know the Angels have, I, I'm not defending this at all, because I'm putting myself in a bad situation here, and I'm, I'm, I'll take the heat for it. But the Angels have, are, have been put in very difficult situations with Mickey Calloway, Tyler Skaggs, and a lot of things in the past. Artie Moreno, even if you really want to get political with it. So adding Roberto Azuna to the mix doesn't make sense. But again, you do have to remember this. He has served his time. He has. He served his 75-game suspension. I know he wasn't convicted. He took the plea deal and all that stuff. I get it. I do. I really do. But, you know, he served his time, he paid his dues, you know, at, at some point you just got to kind of not really throw it behind you because that past will always be there with him. Again, that past is always, always, always going to be there with him. But if you want to be, you know, a good team, this is going to be one of those moves where you might be able to get Ozuna for relatively inexpensive because of that past and he could end up being a pretty dang good pitcher. Oh, and also I think he's going to end up needing Tommy John surgery when it's all said and done. Nate, I'll let you kind of take it away here. Give your two cents on it. Yeah, the the Tommy John thing is a big, big question mark for me. I, I think if you want to want to be honest, uh, Osuna's been arguably the top right-handed reliever in baseball for the last you know four years ish, three years ish. Uh, he's been dominant for the Astros. He was part of the reason they won the World Series. You know. The other reason being they knew what was coming. But, you know, he was still really good for that team. And adding a guy like that where, again, he's 26 years old, um, maybe you sign him to a multi-year deal and give him the same type of thing that we talked about with Rosenthal where it's, hey, pitch this year, earn our trust, 
you know, be a good citizen, be a good guy. And next year you'll be the closer because Iglesias will be gone. So, you know, it could be one of those trial runs where it's, you know, three-year deal and keep it relatively cheap where it's like, let's make sure you're going to follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And again, like these type of things happen. They really do. Nate, you and I have talked about this on the phone with Ozuna and it's, it is a very touchy situation. I, I get it. And it's about where the angels play and the angels past because without getting political, there are a lot of politics involved in all of this. And again, it's something that I, I hate getting into because first off, I don't know enough about it. I hate politics in general. I don't know enough about it to really get into it, but I get it enough. And second, I mean, you look around, like, not to compare it to the Dodgers, but Dodgers have Julio Urias as well, you know? And again, like I said, I'm not going to compare that. that that's, a, that's a really bad thing to do in this situation. But, you know, Julio Urias doesn't really get the slack. Like, if the Angels added Julio Urias, would you be happy or sad, Nate? Like, would you yeah. uh, you'd be happy no, he's, about he's it, He's right? a good pitcher. And I, I think Arolis Chapman is the same type of thing. If, if mm-hmm. we got Arolis Chapman on the team, people would be like, yes. Yes. This guy's legit. He's the best best relief pitcher in baseball. Yeah. You bring and this brings up an extremely good point. I think that the wound is too fresh for the Angels. I think yeah. the wound is just too fresh right now to add somebody of this nature. If nothing if the Angels were to stay under the radar and nothing were to happen for the next couple years, then a signing like this would make more sense. But with the recent history in the Angels, whether it's Tyler Skaggs, whether it's the political stuff that Artie Moreno has had, or whether it's now what the Angels are bringing upon with Mickey Calloway, or even you can think about the Angels clubhouse manager who got fired for the illegal sticky stuff. I know that's a completely off, you know, that's like a, like just a, just a little speck of dust compared to the other things I've mentioned, but that's still, the wound is fresh on that. You know, you think about the Angels and those are four of the things that you think about is, Artie Moreno, Tyler Skaggs, and Mickey Calloway right now. And then, of course, the Angels clubhouse guy making sticky stuff for opponents, and that is what it is. But, again, I just think the wound is just a little bit too fresh right now with everything going on for you to sign somebody of this nature, even though he would make the team better at the end of the day. Whether he gets hurt or not, I I get that. But, I don't know, It's, it's a very touchy situation. It's a tough situation for anybody to be in and I just I, I I I hate it. I hate this side of it, you know? Like can you just mm-hmm. get good players? Like just get good players so that you know the Angels can go and win. But again, on the other hand, you have to be morally and ethically correct about this whole this whole thing. Like it, it just puts us it puts you your back up against the wall and it's it's hard to talk about this stuff. And it's hard to, you know you get judged if when you talk one certain way about this and I, I hate that I, I don't want to be judged that I either like or dislike Roberto or Zuna or that I like or dislike Artie Moreno or like or dislike Mickey Calloway you know I don't want to be judged like that they all have like Mickey Calloway Mickey Calloway is very similar to this Roberto or Zuna thing yes there are skeletons in the closet but Mickey Calloway helps the team out a lot and we've talked about this you know, Mickey yep. Calloway is one of the best pitching coaches in baseball, and it's a damn shame that that whole thing happened with him. It sucks. It really does that this whole thing came out. But he's still one of the best pitching coaches in baseball. And same thing with this Roberto Azuna thing. Roberto Azuna is one of the best relievers in baseball. 
correct? Yeah, 100%, 100% one of the best relievers in baseball. But he has that skeleton in the closet where it's like, damn, I don't want... I, that, that's not going to be a good look for the Angels, especially where they're at now. And I know, I, I hope you're kind of, you know, digesting this whole thing that I'm going through here, Nate, because I'm going to ask for your opinion on this. But, yeah, it, it just so, it's such a tough, tough, tough thing. I, I, I don't want to be... I hate the fact that I feel like we're going to be judged on whether we like Roberto Azuna or Mickey Calloway or... Artie Moreno or not, you know, like we're judged in that political fashion and it sucks. It really does. So Nate, I'm going to give you your chance to say your piece on this as well. Yeah. It really comes down to like, what kind of a baseball fan are you? Are you one that wants to be morally correct and wants to make sure that everyone on your team has nothing in the closet? Because, uh, it feels like every team has something in the closet, whether it's a guy on steroids guy, um, with with a bad past or something like that. But you also want to win games. And I, I know that sounds really bad that, you know, I'd be willing to sign a guy who has some skeletons in the closet. But you got to look at the track record. Has he had any, any issues since then? And it's not like we're bringing a, a repeat offender in. You know, like, if this had happened two or three times, heck no. There's no way I'm bringing this guy in. Yeah, and he wouldn't um, be in baseball either if it happened two or three yeah, times, I don't think. so. Ex- exactly. And I think, yes, it happened. We don't know what happened. We weren't there. Um, he's moved on. I think he's learned from the mistakes he made if he made the mistake. I Again, you know, we can't really say what happened there, but... It definitely looks like he has learned his lesson and he has stayed out of trouble. He has not had any issues since. But the biggest biggest concern for me is the the possible TJ. And uh, the Angels have had a lot of great luck with pitchers coming in and getting hurt right away. So yeah. I, I prefer Trevor Rosenthal. It probably makes things a little bit easier. Um, and then we don't have to really deal with this. Yeah, and the, I think for me the Tommy John is the second the second biggest thing. For me, I mean, the skeletons in the closet's kind of pretty big, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Anyway, you go. I think just the wound is a little bit too fresh for for uh, any Ozuna signing. Unfortunately, I, as bad as that sounds, as good as a reliever he is, the wound is just too fresh. You know, you gotta. I think you gotta see him somewhere else. Now, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be upset if the Angels sign him by any means, because I know he's a damn good pitcher and he's gonna help the team out. You know, I'm not going to put this against him like most people probably will, you know? Like, that's one thing we, I think, have to remember, that if the Angels do sign Roberto Ozuna, that you cannot, you can if you want. I get it. I do. I, you can't, I'm putting myself in a hole here. I really am. You can't put it, you can, but you can't put it against him, you know? And this kind of goes back to the whole thing of winning cures a lot. <laughs> It does. It, it, really, it does. really does. Like you look at the Dodgers. I mean, I hate. I mean, I hate having this subject. But you look at the Dodgers, and all things disappear when they win the World Series. And I put that in air quotes because the yeah, Dodgers didn't really win the World Series. Twenty twenty was fake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, winning cures a lot. Like even in the Dodgers' last ten years, like there's been some skeletons in the closet for sure. Like you look at Julio Urias, and that's kind of been put behind a lot. Yeah. No one even talks about that. And again, I don't think anyone talks about Aurelius Chapman that way either. Exactly. And he served his 30-game suspension or whatever it was. Exactly. Winning cures, winning does cure a lot. I'll tell you that. And that's that's one of those things right now where you look at this, you look at the Roberto Azunas, if they were to go out and sign him, 
and the Angels play well for the first half of the season, you may for- completely forget all about it. You know. I also I, I think the biggest thing that really made, magnifies this is the organization that Ozuna's been with. Like they're the most hated organization in baseball. Let's be let's be honest. Um, the Dodgers are a really well-run organization. The Yankees are a really well-run organization. So when those teams make mistakes, it's like, you know what, we'll throw that aside. But because he's been on the Astros, who cheated, and or who, was, who have been accused of cheating, and then you have this issue of, and then you have the GM, like, there's just so many things that really magnifies, like, oh, so anyone who's an Astro just isn't a good guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, and it sucks, like, that we live in this world and now we're getting super political with this whole thing which I don't like to do. I hate it. I really really do. Like I don't I don't do it for a reason. I absolutely hate it. You can ask all my friends, you can ask anybody that knows me. Hate them. Hate politics. I hate everything about them and I feel like we're kind of getting into that and I don't want to. But that is so true. Like you look at some of the teams around around the league and like if the Dodgers were to do something or the Yankees, and those are winning teams though too. Like yep. the Astros didn't win; they they were a playoff team, but they went into the playoffs as a sub five hundred team. You know, like they weren't necessarily a winning team. They got lucky that they were in the AL West in a in a not very good division. So I don't think that really necessarily counts. Though they did play well, and you forget a lot of things when teams are in the playoffs. You do you forget a lot of stuff. So I think I honestly like I don't even want to get into this anymore. I I hate these type of subjects. No, we're good. I really do. Like I I I I like having these discussions because I love to look at things from two sides. Like I get it. Like I totally understand the one side of this argument, but I also like to understand the second side of the argument as well and why, you know, why should you like him, but why shouldn't you like him either? And I get that. I I do, you know. But at the end of the day, it also comes down to, do you want to win or not? <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a shitty thing to say. It really is, and I hate that. But at some point, you know, do you want to win or do you not want to win? Right? Yes, absolutely. I, 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 hate, I hate to think that. So, again, on to our next subject here. I, I hate that last subject that we, that we have to talk about. But it is something that I feel like needs to be addressed, and I hope that I addressed it in the right manner. I, I really, really do. You know, so on to our next subject here, and it's something that I want to bring up. And Nate, I hear you already laughing at it, and I want to bring it up, have a little bit of fun with this little conversation here, because I did say something on Twitter, and I know that most of you guys probably don't follow me on Twitter, maybe some of you guys do, but I said that the Angels had an impressive offseason so far, and some people were hammering it hammering me about it and it's not something like i don't feel like i need to explain myself ever maybe this might be one of those times where i do nate can i get the definition of impressive what does impressive seem like to you nate it it just seems like something that should not be done that is done exactly and that doesn't mean that it's good right or or something that is hard to accomplish that has been accomplished again it, it doesn't mean that what you did was good Mm-hmm. Uh, it just means that you accomplish something that you know not too many people thought you would accomplish. So yes, and that's what I kind of want to want to want to hit on here is: Would you not agree that the Angels have had an impressive offseason so far? Yeah, in the way that we're using the word, it, it is impressive that they were able to get a a closer, a right fielder, a shortstop, 
Um, two starting two pitchers. starters. Mm-hmm. And, and even more depth, like, you know, the veterans that they've gotten in the bullpen, like Claudio and guys like that. So, yeah, they they filled every single hole that going into the offseason, Paramanesian goes in and says, okay, we need a right fielder, shortstop, and all these things, and he filled everything. Now, was it good? I, personally, for me, I said no. Too many question marks with Dexter Fowler, with with Alex Cobb, with Jose Quintana, like a lot of a lot of very low money, big question mark guys, and we haven't seen a lot of success with the Angels in that in a while. So I don't think it was good, but you know, it's still impressive that they were able to get all of their holes filled. Yeah, and of course, like I said, I don't feel like I need to explain myself on this subject, but. I did just want to reiterate that. I, I don't think that the Angels have had a good offseason. I take that back. I don't think they've had a great offseason. I think they've had a good offseason. I think that they've had an impressive offseason. I don't think it's been great, though. And average. I def- average. Average, a good, average is a good word for that. I think they've had an average offseason, an impressively average offseason, if I may say so. Yeah. An impressively average offseason, which, which just makes it sound so dull. But, I mean, the Angels went and filled the holes that they needed to fill. Backup catcher, shortstop, outfield, a right fielder, pitching. They've gotten, what, three relievers and two starters? That's pretty damn good. And for about $32 million or so, that's pretty damn yeah. good. Like, that was something that, you know, you t- I, I, I said something about it at the beginning of the offseason. I said the Angels need this, 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 and this, and I think they could be a contender. Yeah, well, now the Angels went out and got it, and we don't know if they're going to be contenders or not, but I think that they needed this, 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 and this, and they could, you know, that will settle up the offseason. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, that's a lot to go get. Well, the Angels went and got that. They did. They went and got all the pieces that they needed. Now, was it good or not? I Only time will tell at, at, at this point. But, yeah, you know, I just wanted to clarify that up, Nate, you know, and see what your definition between impressive and not impressive was. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, right. So I think the Angels have had an impressive, Lee average offseason. Yeah, I, I still <laughs> would like them to go see. I would still like to see them go get two more guys. But yeah, it's it's been impressive to see them fill this many holes with this um, this little amount of resources. They didn't move any of their top five prospects. They didn't spend any money really. It's thirty thirty two million or whatever it is. Like the Dodgers spent thirty four million on one guy. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's kind of what the Angels needed to do. Like, te- like fans say that the Angels need to build around Mike Trout. I feel like the Angels built around Mike Trout this offseason. Like, and we can actually say, like, I know that we, this, the last podcast that came out on Wednesday, we talked and John said, you know, now we can say the Angels are actually wasting Trout's years. I don't know if that's really the case here. Now that I'm thinking about it, this year the Angels have actually gone and built around, built around Mike Trout. They really have, if you go and look at it. They went out and they got pieces. They didn't build from the inside. Like, we won't have to see Adele or Sandoval or Berea or Marsh or even Renifo at the major league level, hopefully not, unless injuries happen, for a little while at least, you know? Like, I think that you went and you actually went out and built for this season. So, was it good though? Like, bring it back? No, I don't think it was great. I don't think it was even good. I think it was impressively average. If you know, and would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree 100%. So, yep, just wanted to get that one out there. So, final thoughts, Nate? Anything you want to bring up that we didn't really talk about? 
I still want to see them sign one starting pitcher to a minor league deal. My guy is Jeff Samarja. I think he fits what the Angels are trying to do, and I think you could get him cheap, and I think he would be fine playing out here. And, again, depth piece. We we don't really want to be going into the, the Patrick Sandoval, Jaime Berea in the rotation in a week one of the season if if we can help it. So I would love to see that just in case. Yeah, you know, if you can, you bring up a good point. If you can have Berea and Sandoval not in that rotation and not even be in the rotation unless you absolutely need them, like if you could have a Jeff Samarja type guy or dare I say Jacob Faria type guy come in and be able to start two games for you if Andrew Heaney, God forbid, gets hurt or Dylan Bundy, God forbid, gets hurt, you know, that's not a horrible thing to do, you know when it's all said and done. So I, I'm with you on that. I, I agree. You know, you need one more my decent minor league depth rotation piece, I guess. Though when and you look one at... one more piece in the pen. Yeah, and then one more, definitely one more piece, though. Like I said, date going back, Rosenthal and Azuna would be pretty cool in the bullpen. That would make the Angels a contender for one of the better bullpens in baseball. I think that might be another another topic you have, we can go off on, but I definitely yeah, think that... I, I definitely think that, you know... Iglesias, uh, Rosenthal, and Ozuna in the back end of the bullpen, even if Ozuna is hurt, you know, like that's a pretty damn good back of the bullpen. Seven, eight, nine, you got working there for you. So definitely something that, that the Angels. That old Royals pen that went to the pl- the World Series back to back years. Well, not even old, not even like don't even compare it to the Royals. Compare it to an old Angels bullpen when you had Shields, Francisco Rodriguez, and Troy Percival. True. That's that's what you got to compare it to, you know. You're gonna True. you're gonna have gross, 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 and you have Ty Buttry that you don't even need to put in high leverage situations, which could be really good for him if you can put him in medium leverage situations in like the seventh inning of a game where you're up by four games like that. So yeah, yeah it, and let Pena be that long guy, and you there, know, pray Myers repeats what he did last year. There's a lot of there's a lot of good things you can go do if you go sign two really good relievers not that there's two really good relievers on the market anymore minus trevor rosenthal but you know hey that would be a lot of fun it really would be so i like that i i see it working i don't really have any final thoughts so cool guys thank you so much for listening you can follow myself at jared underscore tims nate where we can we follow you so we can go complain to you uh nate green 34 yes go follow nate on twitter go follow any of, of our social media sites especially uh instagram because we are doing so 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 much on there it's been a lot of fun myself and brock have been crushing the instagram scene so guys thank you again so much for listening and have a great rest of your day Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.